0: Yeah. So, it's good to be here. And uh, as Drew said, uh, we were doing this study now of words of Jesus. You know, I've asked three or four people this week, what do you think was the word that Jesus used the most? And uh, none of, one of them said, Father. I don't know what's the matter. I think we better increase our teaching or something or other. You know the word that, that more people said to me? more people said love and I don't know that I'm telling a secret but love wasn't in the first 10 words that Jesus used the most. Now you've got reason for coming back and learning more in the course of the next few weeks that we work on but this word father was the one that Jesus used the most. Some 233 times in the course of the gospels and of Jesus' words to us. And that seemed like quite a, wow, I wouldn't have even imagined that. But it was very surprising and fun. Well, this this is the other thing that was surprising. Can you imagine one of you kids, the teacher telling you uh, that you're supposed to have a little talk of five minutes and said, okay, there are two hundred and thirty three different verses that you can use in your presentation and uh... i went from one to another and things like that and then uh, somebody tweeted me... no they didn't <laughs> <laughs> uh, but this word uh, father well first thing i had to make a decision i am not going to be talking and jesus used that word for both heavenly father Father God, he used that word for that, and he also used that same word for earthly father. So you've got two dimensions. And so I'm going to focus this morning on Father God, not on earthly fathers. And, you know, I, I realize without any question that for many of you to say father and talk about father, you've got some bad feelings, your father may not have been perfect or maybe you never had a father, real father that was there day after day, month after month, and even hollered and yelled at you once in a while. I remember somebody telling me once that they were jealous because they didn't have a parent to expect them to be home at a certain time or to care about them And they could come whenever they want to. And that hit them very hard. And they were sort of jealous because I had a dad that I was expected to say what time I was going to be in and things like that. But I'm not going to talk about all of that. And I hope you can set that aside because what Jesus was doing in this, I believe, was trying to show us a perfect relationship and he was looking for a word or a word to use that. Now, one thing that I'll have to say. There is not a perfect word for anything, I would have to say. Because you, one group of people can take a word and it means one thing for them. Another group of people take a word and it means something else for them. Well, we're talking about the time that Jesus was on earth, which was back, you know, 2,000 years ago. And the best combination to kind of give a little bit of a clue about God and his relationship to us was to use that word Father. And I hope in the course of the time here I can unpack it a little bit so you'll understand that as well. I know in just studying it, it meant a lot to me. I'd I'd like to preface it this way though. You can't totally understand God. When you get through with all of this, and, and okay, I'm a little bit older than Drew, and I still, I haven't totally figured out God. Now, the point is, if I totally figured Him out, then I'm God. And I know I'm a long ways from that. And that would be true with all of us. To think of Him as beyond, in one sense, our total understanding but we have to understand them in the world that we can understand, where we've had experiences and where words have some meaning. So that's kind of the goal that I've got here. Now, one of the things that I need to, for laying a dimension, this is not a gender word that I'm using. It's a relationship concept that I'm working toward. It's not gender. But the best word to do it is to give an idea of father-son, at least at that time. And I believe if we look at it from that way, we can understand better ourselves as well. In fact, if you remember the creation story, uh, Genesis one twenty-seven, the words there are, So God created humankind in his image, in the image of God, he created them. Male and female, he created them. And this is to help us to understand God, and that he wants to have a, a human intimate relationship with us. Now, if we were to take and use the term, the closest human parallel is the father and son. But if we were to use this word, uh, you can't say the non-gender creator of the world who personally relates to us. In other words, Jesus never used the word creator or holy one but he used this relational term, father and son. And so it implies trust and dependence and obedience and unconditional love. All of these things are modeled in this kind of relationship. So the challenge for us is to relate and to relate to God. So I wanna use a scripture lesson now that i've given you that background that gives you a picture a little bit of how that relates with so many i just picked this one john 14 and we'll read 6 through 15. it's page 877 in your pew bible or you can read it on the screen and here are the words and just think of this of how god or how jesus uses the words father as he speaks to the people that he is sharing with at this time. Let me read. Now listen to the word of God. Jesus said to him, I am the way and the truth and the life. No one comes to the Father except through me. If you know me, you will know my Father also. From now on, you do know him, you do know him and have seen him. Philip said to him, Lord, show us the Father, and we will be satisfied. Jesus said to him, Have I been with you all this time, Philip, and you still do not know me? Whoever has seen me has seen the Father. How can you say, show us the Father? Do you not believe that I am in the Father, and the Father is in me? The words that I say to you, I do not speak. On my own but the Father who dwells in me does his works believe me that I am in the Father and the Father is in me but if you do not then believe me because of the works themselves for verily I tell you the one who believes in me will also do the works that I do and in fact will do greater works than these because I'm going to the Father I will do whatever you ask in my name, so that the Father may be glorified in the Son. If in my name you ask me for anything, I'll do it. If you love me, you will keep my commandments. May God add his blessings to this word, word, and may he speak to us by his Spirit as we share together. Why did Jesus use this word so many times? Well, I think the reason was to help us get this whole concept of a relationship and the need for a relationship. The Father is the best way to describe our relationship with God. One of the things I did was to check and look as there are other religions that have the God figure or whatever it is referred to as Father. And I didn't find any that were like this, that were suggesting a relationship, this worship off there. In fact, even in the Old Testament, I could only find three times that it spoke about a, a relationship as a father in that passage. And one of them is Psalm 68, 5. Father of orphans and protector of widows is God in his holy habitation." Isaiah 64, 8 says, Yet, O Lord, you are our Father. We are the clay, and you are our potter. We are all the work of your hand. In Malachi two ten, Have we not all one Father? Has not one God created us? Why then are we faithless to one another, profaning the covenant of our ancestors? You get in all of these a concept of of the people being kind of the the children of God uh, and God the father of the Israel people, but a personal relationship is not so strong in any of that. And the other thing that I think is of interest, I looked up in in the Muslim uh, religion. There's a statement about that. Their theology is this, that God is the all-powerful and all-knowing creator sustainer and ordainer and judge of the universe there is not talk in that faith of any close relationship with god sure they pray uh five times a day they do these things but to really talk about god on a personal basis a relationship basis you do not find it in that religion and even as we were saying in the old testament you don't find it okay New era. Jesus comes to earth. The Messiah. God wanting to make himself known to us. And here is Jesus. And what word does he use the most? He uses the word Father. So the whole purpose. The whole part of this. That we would understand. And appreciate a relationship. A relationship with God. Someone. That we could call Father. Now. Jesus used different words for that. I sort of gave you the idea on that first one when I said, your father. What was interesting to me is when I started looking at the book of Matthew, I found again and again at the first part of it that he said, Jesus said, your father, your father who is in heaven. When you pray, speak to your father, your father, many different times when he said that. And what this really hit home to me was he was talking to Jewish people who had a concept of their God, they were God's chosen people, but to get them to go to a point of realizing the significance of that relationship, he was said to them first, your father, your father, your father, giving them emphasis on that particular thought. A particular verse that relates to that is uh, what this one. And uh, I make sure I get it in the right spot. Okay, here we go. Matthew five sixteen, let your light so shine before men, that they may see your good works, and give glory to your Father, who is in heaven. And then Matthew seven eleven, if you then, who are evil, know how to give good gifts to your children, how much more will your Father, who is in heaven, give good things to those who ask Him? And to me, that's kind of a, an invitation. There is a God. There is a God that cares about you. And the best way to help Him understand that is to say, your Father, the perfect Father, if you want to put it, without sin in heaven, God, God, that we can only just imagine because of our human weaknesses but that's what I feel he was talking about he went from that the other word that he used many times was my father and so what we've got in that I think is a concept of a a unique relationship a unique relationship between Jesus and God the Father God the Father God the Son as I read some of those things he he would in some verses use both words back and forth God the Father, my father, your father, uh, sons, we're together, we're children. And the concept of that relationship that we are called to have with God, with each other as brothers and sisters, with Jesus Christ as our Lord and Savior and His coming to earth to try to get us to understand God's great love and how He cared for us. And so that word... Of using it of my father and using it. if you look through the scripture, you will find the close relationship. A passage of scripture that I found that said that to me was John fourteen twenty through twenty three On that day, you will know that I am in my Father, and you in me, and I in you, they who have my commandments and keep them, are those who love me and those who love me will be loved by my Father, and I will love them and reveal myself to them. Judas, and this wasn't Iscariot, said to him, Lord, how is it that you will reveal yourself to us and not to the world? And Jesus answered him, those who love me will keep my word, and my Father will love them, and we will come to them and make our home with them. Again and again, that idea jesus talking to us first your father then saying my father in relationship and to help model and give us an idea of what that means another way that i'm sure that maybe you thought of and I, but it's only found like once or twice is our father and when jesus used that and you notice when he was asked to pray in the lord's prayer how does it begin our father who art in heaven If you think of that now, Jesus was saying, not just you and not just me, but us together with God. And when we pray here and use that, we are talking about a relationship, a family, a oneness, a unity. And so Jesus was wanting us to realize our relationship, our family relationship with God. Finally, the word that he uses several times is just the word father speaking to God as father remember when he was in the Garden of Eden uh, Garden of uh, Gethsemane not Eden when he was ready to pray there how did he pray? he said father save me from this hour no no, it's for this reason that I would come to this hour but then, Father, glorify your name. That personal relationship here is when again and again. And on the cross, remember, he looked and said, Father, forgive them, for they do not know what they're doing. But he also, at other times, spoke in a very personal way. And that ta- at that time, Jesus said, and this is Matthew 11:25, I thank you, Father, Lord of heaven and earth, Because you have hidden these things from the wise and the intelligent and have revealed them to infants. Yes, Father, for such was your gracious will. All things have been handed over to me by my Father, and no one knows the Son except the Father. And no one knows the Father except the Son, and anyone to whom the the Son chooses to reveal him. So he's talking about a personal relationship, and he's calling us to a personal relationship with God. There was one parable, one story, that I think really helps us to appreciate God the Father. But you know the problem is that humanly it has been misnamed as far as I can see it. And I think you can guess which one I'm talking about. I'm talking about the father and his two rebellious sons. But that's not what we call it, is it? We call it the story of the prodigal son. But that story, if you look at that and read it, and read it over again and look at it as the father's relationship to those two boys, his two sons. And the story there, I think, gives us good a picture jesus was trying to get some kind of an illustration that uh would help people of his day understand the awesomeness of god's love and care and burden for his people for his children you see one of the scholars that i've read and knew about that story if you know middle eastern culture and know that what that father did was really, to use a blunt word, make an ass of himself out of that kid that had rebelled and run away and done what he wanted to do and just didn't pay any attention. He graciously let that boy go off. And I think there's a graciousness on it. There's a time when we as fathers have to let our children go. And they may have to learn for you, may have to learn for yourself that you can make a fool of yourself pretty easy by one or two small decisions, going here, there, going there, and saying, I want this and I'm going to do that because. And this was the case with that young man. God looks down to us as as His children, and it's possible for us to do some pretty stupid things. But God loves us and cares for us. And for that father in that culture, if you've ever lived in that area even today, there are bounds of what a son can do. He would have had to stop at the edge of town and talk to somebody and and maybe, maybe, well probably not though, he could end up with a returned relationship. If we come to God and confess our sins, if we come to Him and cry out to Him, God loves us like a caring, loving father. Doesn't say that he approves of what we did, but he can forgive and give us the opportunity of a restored relationship. I also like the looks of it in the other way. That other son who was so righteously said, what in the world are you doing? Doing all of this for that guy. He ran away and I've been here all this time and I've been a good son. And what do you think... God showed him grace and love and you know I need that part of it because I was born in the church practically and some of you have been born in the church and it's pretty easy to be arrogant and say okay all of those people that are forgiven of their sins well I've been Do you understand that story read it over and think about it as a father and thinking of God as a father and jesus used that story to help us understand that relationship so why do we have all of this why is this such an important word it's because loves god loves us and jesus wanted us to get a little bit of a hint as to what it meant to have a heavenly father and to be in relationship with god i brought a book along with me it's called i dared to call him father And it's by Madam Sheikh. When we were in California, Marybelle and I had the opportunity of meeting Madam Sheikh. She was of of, uh, highbrow Pakistani background, Muslim in background. And someone had given her a Bible, and she was weighing together Islam, the Quran, the Bible. And thinking them through. And in that process, she learned about God through the Scripture. Now, one thing I want to say about this book, Mary Bell was involved in the first, first edition of it, of first editing of it, way back then. So we know the person and know what happened to her. And what happened? She studied the Bible. She studied that. And she was hearing these words about a personal relation to God as Father. And finally, after seeing vision, one night she cried out, Father, Father. And in that moment she felt a presence of God in a real way. And her life was transformed, even to the point where she left her home and went away because she was in danger. But her story, her testimony, was really coming to know God as father and being able to cry out to him as father do you dare to call God father or is he some kind of a distant thing way off there and you've never really had a relationship with him what Jesus is saying by using that word is saying come on come on join in a relationship with the father cry out to God father father God forgive me for my foolishness father God I want to relate to you that is our opportunity that's the privilege do you dare do you dare to call him father this morning we celebrate communion you know I like to think of this as kind of like a a family celebration as we come and take the bread and cup and all we're recognizing the father and the son and the father and son are one and that relationship and so we're recognizing each other as brothers and sisters of faith coming here to celebrate our unity, our oneness and so this morning as we We take communion. I would just add to that. May this be a time that you declare God as your father in a new way or for the first time. As we come to communion, we also have prayer stations for for healing. And that's a family concern as well. When one of the family is going through a tough time, whether it's physical or whatever, it's good to be able to share together. Pray for one another. And so there will be communion stations set in different places. And so the invitation is to those that are coming, believing in Jesus Christ as their Lord, Savior, coming and saying, Father, Father God, and joining in the family. So that's the invitation. And also you're invited to prayer to seek God for healing and wholeness together. Let us pray. Thank you, God. For the great gift of love that you have given us through Jesus Christ, our Lord and Savior. Oh God, Father God, thank you for all that you have done. And Lord, we just set aside this bread, and these cups, uh, to be a sign for us of your great love. We consecrate them. And in this process, we ask, oh Lord, that each of us might draw closer to you and be a witness to your love and share in that love. We pray in Jesus' name. Amen. Uh, we, we gather uh, where our Father uh, provides for us. Uh, we, we gather at prayer stations.